0: So a couple of things I want to mention, and then we will get. You can go ahead and turn to the book of Acts, chapter twenty. We'll get there in just a minute. So I mentioned a couple of things to you. Number one, when you leave today, I'm doing this about monthly, but we've got again meals at the exit on the way out. They're already prepared. They're sitting in the cooler right there at the back door, and you can take them and. Give them to somebody, if you want to put in the refrigerator, maybe give it to somebody on the, work, on the way to work tomorrow, or whatever you want to do, to someone less fortunate than yourself, but that's something, part of one of the ministries we've got going on, so uh, Lauren got them out here this morning, and they're at the door on your way out today, so you can pick up one, two, or you be like Dick Hunter and get 10 or 12, and just go find people and give them to them. It's, uh, it's just in the name of Jesus, doing something nice. Couple of things I do want to mention to you that there's a lot going on, and you read, you can read your bulletin, you can go to the website. A lot of different things, a lot of things going on. But I really want to encourage you about two things. If you're not involved in, in a small group of some kind, whether it's on Sunday morning, we got some, some Sunday night, I uh, got some on Wednesday night, just really encourage you to seek that out and and uh, be part of that, just for the accountability and the fellowship, and get to know each other better. Uh, Wednesday night we started this this pass but we we uh, got uh, one small group meeting and then I'm teaching a group in here in the auto
1: there's no book
0: more significant for believers to study if you've never studied it in depth than the book of Rome breaks down all the tenses of salvation and everything we need to know as believers to live out what came from why the gospel is the power of God unto salvation or how, what does it mean that the righteous live by faith We're doing the book right now and so it, if you're available on Wednesday nights at 6.30, whether you eat with us or not, uh, for me personally, it's always a powerful study, and I think you would, you would benefit from it greatly. Even if you don't eat, we will let you come and be part of that. Uh, please note also, we got our congreg- annual congregational meeting this year is going to be at Arlington. Uh, uh, we've stepped up. Instead of having it in Bartlett, we're going to come out here to God's country and have it in Arlington this year. That We will have it on October the 6th, right after church. We're going to have food trucks on the parking lot, so you can go out there and eat. Come back in and hang around. We're going to do the meeting about 2 o'clock, so we'll get uh, eat and get done and just kind of share where we are and, uh, how, again, how you can pray for us. Uh, so a lot of things going on, so uh, make note of that. That's October the 6th. I do want to say a personal thank you. I don't know if Mike's in here or not. Is Mike Clay in here? Is he hiding somewhere? He's across the hall. Uh, many of you were here last Sunday, and you noticed a slight odor in the building. Uh <laughs> If you were here early, you, you noticed an asphyxiating odor, and uh, we managed to make it through last week, And uh, but Mike, Clay, and Steve Nance came up here. We're now calling in the Carcass Hunters as opposed to the Crocodile Hunters. But they came up here Monday and took the floor out of the sound booth and found the carcass that had passed away in there. The funeral is this week if you'd like to come. <laughs> Steve will be speaking on what do you do when you find a dead rat in your church? So uh, uh, let Mike pick it up. That's exactly what you do. They sent me a picture. I'll take the pictures. You hold the rat. Wait a minute. That'd make a great sermon title, wouldn't it? I wouldn't, but had it been a snake or something, uh, they'd have been having a and coming up here, and I promised them I'd pray for them, but they, so we just uh We shall move on. All right, turn to the book of Acts. You can turn it over on that side of it. What we're looking at here, last week we began Paul's farewell. As he heads to Ephesus, where he'd spent three years, we saw Paul saying goodbye in Macedonia and Greece. It's number four on your handout in in Acts chapter 20. It's where Paul's farewell, ultimately to Rome, that's his plan, and we're going to see that that some things and we'll begin to look at that in the next couple of weeks. What we're going to look at today is what Paul says at Ephesus, and I want to kind of set the context for this for you. So look at uh, chapter 20, verse 17. He wants to get Jerusalem by the day of Pentecost, the end of verse 16, now verse 17. From Miletus, him, he said to them. So again, here's the setting, here's the context. This is his pharaoh Rome, but I want to make sure we understand the background and we see what's going on here. He loves with them. He's their spiritual father, led them to the Lord by and large. He's their founder of their leader. He is their model, he has been their teacher. He they could not be believers in Christ. These are the men that Paul is passing the baton and as we'll see as we walk through this, they never in their heart leaves their assumption is they will never see each other again. It is a it's a very This is why like, like Paul's seminar, what we're going to see in verses seven, all the other recorded messages of these dealing with mobs, he's dealing with crowds, he's dealing with the Sanhedrin, he's dealing with Rome, bringing together a group of believers, leaders who are going to have ministry in the church. Here, that's where that began. Here's my seminar on how to do ministry, and here's what I read on how to do ministry is not about technique. And those things are wrong, but your number one priority, and that's what he's going to focus on, in your own personal life. You can have the greatest program, but if you are not, he's going to walk them through. If you're not doing, it is not ministry in the way God intended it to be. highest thing in the world, and I love organization. Nothing wrong with that, but it has to begin with art for them but personally knowing that I'm in love with Jesus Christ and I wore myself into these guys for three years. and He's saying to them to see it and I want you to go out and lead in the way God intended to be. What you're going to see is a message from the Apostle Paul, not as the Apostle. You're going to see his heart as a shepherd. You're going to see Paul as a pastor. Many times and studied it and read it, gone over it. Every time I get back into this passage, I am not worthy. And you know what? That's exactly where God wants you to be. Pastor, teachers, the elders, this is a very pointed, specific message from God to all believers on how to minister to others. So, in, very, in a very, God intends you to be, because these sheep are very special to him. You're going to see Paul's personal feelings and his exhortation to them. Now, I'm not going to be here. I'm leaving. We're not ever going to It's very reminiscent of after Jesus rose from the dead and he went out of his way. Feed them. Peter was really struggling at that moment. Obviously, he said, I'd let him down. I let let my Messiah down. Why get up? Quit feeling sorry for yourself and go feed my sheep. Doesn't respond like that. What Peter says is, you know, we're, we're tight. No. You're not. But do what I called you to do. You are unique. But it's simply in the way that you can go serve. Ask us, imprison and persecute Christians or followers of the way. Easy? No, and it's not going to be easy. But it was special. best person on the planet the church would have gone to and said, would you please lead us? all the Gentiles, and you're going to be the man to do it. The church did not want to accept him. That, that simple little guy we talked about that stepped up. If you think about the history of the church, maybe the most significant guy that no one ever talked about was Barnabas. Because he stepped up and said to the church at Jerusalem, I vouch for Paul. Saul, I vouch for him. Accept him as a dear Barnabas, nicknamed son of encouragement for a reason. That was his gift. Say, so here's my seminar on ministry to the Ephesian elders. I'm leaving. Here's how you lead them. So let's look at your handout. Number one, God with humility toward all. Look at verse 18, toward all. Verse 18. And when they had come to the very first day that I came to Asia, where they were, in what manner, I always lived among all. He had, again, we talked about this last week. He spent more time here than any other place, spent three years there. He's lived among you, consistently, habitually. This was my life. He's not, you have seen it modeled for you. It's just the truth. And let's think by constant persecution, even, even struggling at times in his own life that honored God. In First Thessalonians chapter 2 Paul wrote these words to the true is a witness of how devoutly and justly and blamelessly we behaved ourselves. Comforted and charged every one of you as a father does his own. There a moment ago, but I want to make sure you see it as we begin to get into this. He looks at the he had, had uh, import in their lives and impact all that had happened. He wanted to see them grow, mature, and become everything that gone. Children, Paul said, I love you. We love you. Paul said, what's best for you? We want God's best for you. So back to you, here's how I live. Serve, verse 19. Serving the Lord with all humility. Of the Jews. Serving the Lord with all humility. Remember that, this is his sim- the church there. says, here's the way I did it. Here's what I want you to learn from me. My- and me. It's Christ-like. Go out and emulate that. In leading these sheep, number one, serving the loises. and you see it through many of his epistles, and he describes himself particularly in introductions, a common reference he would use to describe himself. I am a bond servant of Jesus Christ my own personal choice. no one made me do this, no one's compelling me to do this Bondservant, servant. The, the verb form of it is used seventeen times in his epistles. saying, i've chosen my life. To give by my own personal choice, I choose to serve Him and obey Him. Means to lead, to serve, to minister, to serve the Lord. Just I'm going to quote you some things Paul says about himself in his epistles. I am chief of all the sinners. He said, "I want to have." He humbled himself. He chose to. Think to please men. For if I still pleased men, I would not be a bond servant of. To be like Jesus, who willingly, volitionally lead, and you're going to serve if you're going to minister. You have to choose to follow Christ, be like him. You could follow me. So in the culture in which Jesus spoke those words, he said, you can serve others. Constant theme of the writings of Paul. Then Jesus said, "Crucify!" You are carrying your cross, just like Jesus, carrying your cross to the place of execution. Salvation—it's a free gift of God, justification. But as you live out that salvation, to be humble. Number one, you choose to serve Jesus. To suffer for the cause of Christ, if necessary. What would Paul cry over? He cried over the state of non-believers. So that they could be saved. If it were possible. Because they've rejected pretty. But the other thing he really cried over. How in the world. Could God say. I want to use Saul of. Extend grace to me Saul of Tarsus. Wow. He extended. Choose me to go serve. For him. When I was in. In Philippians, Paul writes these words, or live, of whom I have told you often, and now I tell you weeping. This week, And I don't know if it's true or not. I haven't had time to explore it. But just this week, one of the broadcasts, that he is rejecting and turning his back on the prosperity gospel that he has preached. Sweet sheep and milk. I've seen, she was told from the podium... I've been told by God just here tonight, if you give every penny in your bank account, you'll be, please. She goes, oh no, he's a man of God. He wouldn't lie to me. To hurt these sheep, you better be there for them. Responsible. Think about your children, how much you love your children. Somebody's going to, and he says to, to leaders, elders, you better take care of my sheep because you will stay in my heart, not every now and then, but all the time for my many trials the tears are the internal suffering that you deal with that great passage where he lays out everything that he's gone through being left for dead, being stoned uh, for all the churches trials leaving us an example that you should follow in his steps we all know what ministry so when you're trying to do that he will do everything he can to thwart that stop that her choosing to serve and I'm choosing to do what's right I will be persecuted and it's a privilege truth to all verse 20 years. it taught you publicly from house to house testifying to Jews also to Greeks Paul saying you want to be an effective minister servant you want to be an effective scripture if you want to sum up what the job of a pastor teacher or an elder is it's two things the word of God Ministry of the Word. Secondly, it's being a person of prayer. That's the job description. Ministry of the Word and prayer. And other of ministry. Our job is to make sure you're being equipped according to Scripture to them. Speak the truth to all. Paul says, you know me. I kept back nothing that was helped to describe this. It's a phrase they would use to draw in the sails uh, because bad so the ship would be okay. Preparing to weather the storms is the literal Greek phraseology. I taught you the truth. I protected you, drawing the sails. I protected you. What does truth do? Set you free. What do false teachers want to do? That's why you have to know the truth. That's why studying scripture is so important. That's why being a man or a woman of the word of God is absolutely essential. Because there are going to be false teachers that come along There were then, there are now, who will lie to you in the name of Jesus. I know you find it hard to believe, but it happens all the time. And you have to know the truth. That's why Paul commended the Bereans because they checked him out to make sure he knew what he was talking about. That's a good thing. It's all about the scriptures. It's about the scriptures. He's a very popular pastor in our nation, has been for years, and he recently had a huge megachurch, and he recently resigned. He said, I just want to start doing small group things and teaching scriptures and not so focused on the, the huge crowd. I want to spend my time making sure they're getting the word of God into them and then sharing that word with other people. It's essential that we spend time learning the scriptures. What's a good sermon? Any that I preach, no, no. What's a good sermon? It's one where you're challenged by Scripture, maybe convicted by Scripture, but where the truth is spoken in love, you apply it, and then you go do it. Speaking the truth. The Greek is what was profitable for you is the other part. Truth That means teaching, for reproof, to point out what's wrong in your life, for conviction, how to get it right. Equipped to do the good works that God has called you to do. If you want a serving saint of God, which is what a believer is, everything God wants you to be. Look at verse 20 again. I proclaimed it to you. I taught Jews. I taught Greeks. In other words, I would go anywhere where they would listen to me, I would do it. No, you, you can No, no, you can't come in here. You're not. You're a Jew, or you can't. We're not accepting you. You're one, 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 one. Constant theme in his his epistles. There's only no discrimination. We are one. At the Jerusalem Council, that it's one church. One church shared with everybody, Jew or Greek. Repentance toward God and faith the message you have for your friends and co-workers and family, the people you know that are struggling, don't have purpose, meaning, they're beyond the grave, I don't know. You say to them, he was buried, he rose again for your sins. Repentance toward God and faith in him and you'll be set free. Next point for all, verse 22. And now, here's this point. What happened to me there? Except the Holy Spirit testifies in every city. Oh, wait, wait, whoa. I'm going to Jerusalem. I don't really know what's going to happen to me. i got to go there. It's, it's time for me to move on. I'm going to Jerusalem. I don't know the Holy Spirit has told me. Here's the only thing I know. Every place I go, headed to Jerusalem. Tribulations. Is that the message you want to get from God? So the he got. What I do know on my way, every place I go, they're going to try. Here's what I got to look forward to: chains and tribulations. That's going to draw you tribulations, imprisonment, persecution, tough times. But what? If I have to go. If I get in prison, what? It's that little book, four chapters, two pages. So rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I would say. Chained to a Roman soldier, 24 hours a day, a wait, waiting the theme is, rejoice in your circumstances. And here's what he says, that, it's your faith and service, it's a good thing. For me to live as Christ. Live. I don't know whether I'm going to die. But for me to live as Christ. Chains and tribulations, are, yeah, it's, it hurts. It's painful, those Chains. Yes, he allows them. Does God know you're going to have the tribulations? Yes. How you handle it is a testimony to others. Maybe it encourages them to live their life. Maybe it motivates them to do what they're not doing because you did it. That's what Paul ends. Paul just throws this phrase in. And I think so many times it's overlooked. Greek so-and-so. And he throws in this little phrase at the end of Philippians. You know what that means? While he was chained up to those Roman soldiers 24 hours a day, he was talking to them about their eternity, about Jesus. You're chained to Paul for, let's say you had an eight-hour shift, whatever they were. If you're chained to Paul for eight hours, what the other. He witnessed, witnessed to everybody. You sacrifice yourself. If this is what it takes, you would be, where do I sign up? Hopefully. Verse 24, Paul's mindset. Paul's mindset about all of this. What's the first word in verse 24? But, change of tribulations await me. That's what the Holy Spirit has said. This is what's going to happen to you. But, none of these things move me. I love this verse. None of these things move me. Change, tribulations, bring it on. Nor do I count my life dear to myself so that I may finish my race with joy in the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. None of these things move me. Is I do not count my life of any value or dear to myself. To go to Jerusalem, to go to Rome, I want you to notice how he puts this. With what? Joy. Now let's back up contextually for just a moment. Continues on his race. What? Chains and tribulations. Tribulations, I'm going to finish my race with joy. Wow. You can ruminate on. You can pray on. To feel that intimacy. Because, Lord, I want to run my race with joy. I want to finish in a way to be for you, honoring you, seeing people change because of verse 24. I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel, to tell people about the gospel. Romans 1. The gospel. Jesus died, buried, rose again. Paul wrote these words. We quoted it earlier, for me to have already attained, I'm already perfected, but I press on. God, I may lay hold, do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ. Change, tribulations, single-minded focus. I'm going to press on, reaching for that goal. Christ put me in the race, he'll be waiting for me at the end of the race. I'm going to finish it with joy. Verse 25. And indeed, now I know that you all, among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God, will. My ministry here in the east is over. I'm going to turn west. Verse 26. I test the old counsel of God. Talked about that earlier. It's time for me to move on. to do? He says, I'm done here. God says, now I want you to go west toward Rome. Let's see what God's going to do there. For these men, Paul and these men, they loved each other. mine. It's always God's. And it's not always it's twofold: to honor God and to get in the center of God. If, if nothing else, I think what you should take out of this portion what an elder should do. It's the heart of a believer. Humility, being in love with Jesus, be willing to sacrifice your own selfish ambition. A Christian is a little Christ. What literally the word means. Would you bow your heads, please? I'm together today. I know for me personally, even again this morning, you've convicted me not what I think I'm supposed to be, what you want. I pray that for all of us seated here, standing here as Christians. That we simply want to be like Christ. Always looking at the other person, what's best for them? What can I do for them? How can I teach them? How can I protect them? How can I serve them? How can I love them? Use us, Father, to lovingly share the gospel with other people. They desperately need Jesus Christ. We know the truth. We've been set free. Help us to share with others who are in bondage how they could be set free, lovingly, compassionately, gently, respectfully. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Please stand as we close out our time together. I'm saying if you'd like for me to pray with you, I'll be down front.